Hi, this is Jenna. And this is Heather. And this is Conspiracies Unlocked. And um, Heather has a good show for us today. But I just want to say really quick before we get started that um, I know that our audio is not the greatest right now. Before we even started recording, we um, had purchased Donner Podcast Console Bundle. So it has the little, um, what's it called? The little board with like all the buttons and the switch. I think it's the switchboard. Switch yeah, the switchboard with like, and the clapping and the everything. Like we could do the screams and the cheers and the clapping and, and I don't even know what else is There's says. even auto-tune. You and know. there's auto-tune <laughs> and there comes with a microphone. It's supposed to be, it even says on it, Easy to use, easy operation with big knobs and buttons. And it's supposed to be this stupid easy thing. Easy to use my app. Yeah, it's not easy. And we've been, every time that we record, we try to mess with it. And every time we get sad and we give up on life, it just doesn't work. (laughs) We do have the correct audio that hopefully somebody at some point in our life will help us. If anybody has ever used this. Please let us know how to make it work. We're a little technically challenged. (laughs) So bear with us while we resolve this uh, audio issue. Yeah, so we might even have to re-record some episodes. I hope not, but if we can get it. No, I don't think we're going to re-record. Yeah, we can't We're just going to push on. You guys can deal with it. Turn the volume down on your earphones. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to try to stop yelling so much, maybe, so you're not like, ah, and like... (laughs) rip out your earbuds and say fuck this <laughs> but that's our personality we're very animated and especially when we get together we're high energy so that's just us. yeah that's just us it's gonna be hard but. to tone it down but <laughs> <laughs> hopefully maybe someday we'll do a video so then you guys can see all of our hand motions <laughs> oh gosh you would think we were italian all right so this is Heather's show today, and what are we? What are well, we doing? it's our show. I think but that, Heather's episode. Sorry, yeah, Heather's so, episode. So I did the research on this one because um, this is something that I think a lot of us have actually heard about at some point, but we just—I uh, don't think I've ever heard of this. You told really? me a little bit about it, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, it's. Kind I have of, no idea. It's. It's been. It's yeah. I've so, never heard of this. So what it is, it is um, a civilization that resides in Antarctica and also specifically in Middle Earth. So I mean, there have been movies about Turn Middle into the Earth. center of the Earth. There's been. Um, I love that movie. I love those I movies. No. What is his name? Oh gosh, I had such the, a crush on uh, him. Brendan, Brendan Fraser. Fraser. Oh my I don't god. Know. I don't know. My friend Ashley had a crush on him too, and I don't even know why. He is so handsome. Have no. you seen him in Tarzan? Yeah, I have that movie, but like Hello? I have that like VHS. No. My oh, middle name no. is my middle name is Jane. I'm like I'm Jane. You Tarzan. <laughs> No, oh, you're like hello, and I'm like hell no. <laughs> I don't know, but I think that he's. I, super I cute. don't. The mummy, I think that he is like. But I think that it's because I was only like 11, 12 when that came out, and I feel like he was too old for me. Oh, do you gosh. get what I'm saying? Because he was like 30 or 40, and so to me, yeah. I was like 11. Like that's ancient. 
Like, oh my god. Everybody's so ugly. He already has one foot in the grave. <laughs> exactly. Well, and then, and then, um, uh, you know who my first crush was ever? And this is even worse. Ooh, I'll tell you mine. Who's Because I was like eight when Field of Dreams came out. No. Not Kevin Costner, because oh. I think he was in it. I was no, going to no, no, say, because no. he was, he would have been really old compared to you back no, then. No, it's getting worse. Freaking Ray Liotta was um, <laughs> something like Shoeless Joe Jackson in it. Yeah, and he was one of the baseball players, the ghost yes. baseball players, and I loved him. Probably because you like paranormal, and he was a ghost. Uh, well, I think it was his eyes too. They're so blue. Yeah, no, so he's maybe handsome, he, Yeah, and then but later, like the past few years, he wasn't. And then, uh, but whenever he died, he died. The past few years, he was like ninety. <laughs> no, he wasn't that old. I'm just kidding. But he just died this past year. I know. And I was. Like I almost I shed like a little tear, just like one little like heartbreak because that's like my 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 crush from what that's like my first one you know I had Ray Liotta and JTT yeah <laughs> the I, I old and the the young and the restless you know <laughs> I don't think that you were alone in either of those because they're both very handsome well JTT was like yeah that was like the first poster that I had up in my room when I was like eight my dad made me a collage and I think he totally like was like, what the fuck did I do? Because an instinct came along, and my whole room, like, ceiling, everything was flat. Oh, yeah. was like, why did I, why did I let her do it to JTT? He put, like, <laughs> ten pictures, and I put up, like, a thousand. Did you have, like, the Team Bop or yes! whatever, the Tiger Team Beat? Team Bop, Tiger Beat, J14, yes! all of it. Okay, so when I was little, too, I loved, um, well, my first crush that I remember, remember Lost Boys? I never watched it. <gasps> I know. Stop. I know. Okay, so we have stupid. to watch Lost Boys together. Yeah, I think that you would really enjoy it, honestly. But Corey Haim, do you remember Corey? Yeah, Haim? no. Brad taught me R.I.P. Corey Haim. Cor- the Corys, the two Corys. Yeah, the Corys. The Corys. So I did watch. Um. Oh my gosh. Um. Can't buy me love was one of the movies, but I don't think Corey Haim was in that. It was John Cusack. But, but I think. I Wait, think that what? he might have been in it. He was in License to Drive, for yes, sure. Yes, License to Drive. So my husband, is, to all you people out there, my husband is 12 years older than me. So he is 40. He just turned, or he, yeah, he just turned 49. And I am 36 or, yeah, 7? Fuck, how old am I? I don't know. But anyways, it doesn't matter. So he's older. So Forever 29, I, okay? I grew up, right? That, that sounds right. So I grew up, I grew up um, in like the 90s era, yeah. and he grew up in the 80s. So he he's the one that taught me about the two chords. I mean, I always liked the, the Molly Ringwald movies and John Hugh movies, oh, but yeah. I had never seen License to Drive or um, Can't Buy Me Love. Oh. Can't buy me love. Where's your two dollars? Went to me and Brad always say that to where I where's my two dollars? That was can't buy me love. No, 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 that oh, was no. better that off was dead. Better off dead. Better I off love dead. that movie. I want my two dollars. Where's my two dollars? No, he says I want my two dollars. Yeah, I want my two dollars. I want my two dollars. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen that movie, it's hilarious. This kid, well, it's John Cusack, and he keeps trying to kill himself, and it doesn't work every time. <laughs> oh, it's so like, sad, he, but it's so funny. He tries to like hang himself. <laughs> he tries to hang himself in the garage or something, and then his dad like pulls up the garage door and he just like falls to the ground. <laughs> Every time he tries, he tries to go we, down. We do not condone self harm no, or at anything all. at all. It's just, but this it's was a, like an eighties. It's an eighties movie before but. all this was like yeah, bad and morbid and really. Well, I mean, it was always bad, but it wasn't so prevalent as it is now, where people are just doing that left and right. But anyways, um, all right, so. We got way off course, 
So, <laughs> but I do think that you guys should all watch all the 80s movies. Yeah, you gotta They're watch great. all the 80s movies all, if anything, you Anything John Hughes did is amazing. John Hughes. Hughes. John Hughes. Hughes. Yeah. I didn't grow up in that time. I'm learning. No, that's okay. I, I, I only know John Hughes because he was... John and Hughes older, movies you, were like the number one 80s movie. And so Heather grew up in that era, but she's over here wearing her Justin Bieber hoodie. So I don't oh, fucking yeah. know. <laughs> and then I'm here wearing Wally. <laughs> no, that's not Wally. That's the um That is Wally. That is not Wally. It's from the 80s. It's I am five or something. I got it from I got this oh. shirt from like an ex-boyfriend. Oh no 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 no! I remember it's a that little movie. robot dude. Uh, the little robot movie with the little boy, and then they hide, and then they nerds go. or something. No, or, it's oh. not nerds. Oh my gosh, we have to look it up. What is the title of that movie? I don't know, but and he goes like, "I am five or I am I forget because people always say it, it's a it's a shirt that I got from one of my ex-boyfriends. It's gonna bother me if that I he don't just like know. left it at my house, but it's so soft and comfy. I can't even it's look a it up right shirt. now. Me. I don't know, but okay, we'll it's, it's mine now. <laughs> we'll, we'll revisit that, but it looks okay. If anybody remembers the 80s movies, um, it looks like Wally. He was a robot, and I swear it was like an alien movie, and that's why I remember it, but I can't. I watched Short all the sci-fi movies. Short Circuit. Oh, Short Circuit. There you go. Short that's Circuit. It. Yep, that's it. And he goes, I am Sammy or something. I am. I'm not sure. Jimmy, Johnny Five. I am Johnny Five oh, or something. Yes. Yeah, Short Circuit. That's what it is. All right. So that was a tangent. But <laughs> closing <laughs> up that. So I am wearing the 80s shirt. Heather is wearing the 2000 shirt, even though she grew up in the 80s and I grew up in the 90s. It should be opposite. Whatever. Anyways. We like what we like. So, but I like your shirt. You just took off your hoodie and now you're wearing a van shirt. That's cute. Yeah, I know. The, the hoodie flowers. got really hot, but. Very yeah. quickly. Okay. So, what um, what are we doing, talking about today? <laughs> what we are going to be discussing today is the civilization in Antarctica. Oh, yeah. The, which yeah. is located in the Middle Earth. <laughs> Journey to the center of the Journey Earth. Journey to the center of the which Earth. Which is what got us all on that tip. I know, because I was just thinking of that oh movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. This research is not based on the movie, but you should go watch it. <laughs> We're not doing another tangent. Just keep okay. going. So keep moving forward. <laughs> have you heard have you heard of Admiral Admiral Richard Ebert? No. I have heard of none of this. <laughs> okay. So um, a little bit of background about Admiral uh, Richard Evelyn Bird Jr. Evelyn is a girl name. That's his middle name. Okay. He was born on October 25th, 1888, and he died uh, March 11th, 1957. He was an American aviator, a naval officer, and an explorer. He received the Medal of Honor, which is the highest honor of valor given by the United States. So okay. he was highly respected, decorated. Yeah. Um, he kind of did all, everything. Yeah. He did, and then he was an explorer, too. That's so fun. Back then, it was way better to be an explorer. I feel like now you can't really explore anything. Like, you can, but it's, like, more date. I don't know. It just it seems like everything's already been explored, or it's, like, cut off where you can't. You have to have, like, an explorer's license or something. Or well, especially... A <clears throat> permit to explore. In Antarctica, you definitely need to have... Um, we'll get into it uh, later in the in the talk here, but um, 
in Antarctica, especially where he was exploring, you, yeah, you can't just say, I'm going to go to Antarctica. I'm going to book a flight to Antarctica. It's not like I'm going to book a flight to Italy or I'm going to book a flight to Sweden or wherever you want to travel to. Yeah, you can only go there every, what, a few months out of the year or something, right? You're just not allowed to go there. You have to be like a scientist or you have to, you have to have like a purpose. You have to prove of why you're going there and like then get it approved by like everybody in the world it's just like (laughs) you just you just can't go there so um he graduated from the u.s naval academy in 1912 so by 1912 he had already graduated the naval academy he served with the navy for um until the end of world war one so he was actually an admiral in he did serve in the world war one wow yeah so he um he developed navigational systems and methods Um, which was one of the very first that the Navy ever used on their first um, transatlantic flight in 1919. That's cool. So he was like a pioneer in in, in, um, aviation. And And he believed in this Antarctica, this this Middle Earth civilization? He, He did. Wow. Yeah, and he so he he wasn't like a conspiracy theorist. He wasn't um like he, what everything that he um experienced is backed by his um you know his I wonder if in the movie if they talk about this guy in the journey to the center of the earth. I wonder if they talk about this explorer guy being like you know they always yeah. go back in the old books and they're like this guy in this book said da 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 and he's referred to as this and He's believable because of all the shit that he's done, and I would have to rewatch. I, I want, really want to yeah. rewatch it I ha- now. I have that movie. We need to rewatch it. You have it. I have it on my Amazon Prime. I bought it. I love that movie. Oh, good. Okay, <laughs> the okay, kids okay. like it too. Yeah, we're so. gonna have to watch we'll it for watch sure. It, yeah. I didn't watch it, you know, prior to. Um, I'm just curious to up. see because they usually like a lot of movies try to tie in real life applications to the movies. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So they they would have that little bit of like. The person who first found it or whatever. Anyways, go on. Or you know what? They could have changed the name. Mm. Where, you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe they we'll didn't know. say Admiral Bird. Maybe they said, you know, Admiral whatever. Like, but know, yeah. you know what I mean? How they yeah. do that sometimes. Okay, go on. Because um, I don't know if they need, like, permission to use his name or whatever. But, so, and now we're going to fast forward a little bit to uh, May 9th, 1926, where he, Bird was acting as a navigator for Floyd Bennett... Um, as a pilot, um, they were the first pilots to make the very first airplane journey over the North Pole, over the North Pole, which was like a big deal back wow. then. They yeah, had, nobody they, had flown over no. the North Pole. And um, the flight lasted 15 and a half hours. So it was a very long flight. And because that they accomplished that flight, on May 9th, 1926, they both were awarded the U.S. Congressional Medal of Honor. So that's how they got the Medal of Honor. Because so they accomplished that. They went that. over... It's almost like... like It's just good going over the world. Going yeah. over the... Wow. No one had I never ever, even thought about doing that. No one had ever... They probably never um, even thought about doing that. And reportedly, they did not see Santa Claus at the North Pole. I was, I was going to ask that. I don't know if they saw some reindeer well, or something. But No, but in, in the Christmas Chronicles, everything is back to a movie. In the Christmas Chronicles, it's because they're shielded. Remember? Yeah, yeah that's magic. <laughs> um, and, and then, um, 
uh, so you probably recognize this name. So right after he got the, they both got the Congressional Medal of Honor. Now people are taking them even taking him both of them even more seriously. Uh-huh. You know, he's has this background. Um, was in World War One. Has it was making naviga- navigational um, methods of which had never been used before. And now they did this 15 and a half hour flight. So now they got the attention of a very famous uh, American aviator named Charles A. Lindenberg. Lindbergh? Lindbergh, yeah. Lindbergh Field, that's where we are. So exactly. So that was May 1927. So just like one year, because it was May 9th, 1926, May 1927, he um, aided Charles Lindbergh with the national uh, navigational training and he used uh, the the uh, extended runway for Lindenberg's transatlantic transatlantic solo flight in 1927. So he helped him accomplish wow. that solo, a very famous solo flight that he, that Lindenberg did that got yeah. him on the you I know, wonder more if, on the map. I wonder if the um, if Admiral Byrd. I wonder if he has any um, if he has airports and stuff named after him somewhere. I bet that he does. I don't know. Probably. I'd have yeah, to look it Lindenburg up. because Lindenburg Field is right there. Yeah, so that's... and I've n- always known that name. I've never heard that name. Before researching this, I never realized, like, how connected now, that what he was yeah. to the story. I've heard this, you know, bits and pieces of the civilization in Antarctica, but never had I put two and two together because I just didn't know all the facts. But... Um, so, one year after that, everything's just started happening, like, boom, boom, boom. Well, yeah, that was, like, that's just how technology works. It's, like, one person, and then the rest just fall yeah, in place. Yeah, it's just, just, like... And then dun, once you get like that the credit, dominoes, yeah. You just go, like, boom, boom, boom. So, then the next year, in 1928, this is where it gets interesting. I know you've heard these names. So, then in 1928, it was announced that Bird was going to be going... Um, to explore the unknown regions of Antarctica. So this okay. is when we get into Antarctica, okay? That uh-huh. was a little bit of the back... Because you want to know who this yeah, man is. Yeah, that's very Why important. Why is Not he relevant? crazy person that just, like... Yeah. A crazy scientist just being like, let's go see what's in the center yeah, of the Yeah, no, he was, he was a decorated, you know... Yeah, he did war everything. veteran and everything. Yeah. And so now, you know, he's making plans. He's going to do these uh, explorations to Antarctica in the air. He had a large financial backing from Ford and John D. Rockefeller Jr. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Because Rockefeller has everything. Yes. All the money. Ford. Well, Ford, yeah, Ford was big then because he was the only one that did a car yet. Yeah. He was the first one that, then cars were going then in the 20s. Yeah. They had a lot of money. Ford and Rockefeller um, Jr., they estimated that they, at that time, in 1928, do you know how much money they gave him in 1928? I'm going to say $2 million. It was less, okay. but the dollar was a different yeah, yeah, value. Yeah. They gave him $400,000. Which would be equivalent today to, did you do the math I on didn't that? do the math on it. In 1928? Let me see really quickly. I'm, yes. I'm curious. Here, we're going to pause really quick just so I can see it. Okay, we're back, and I just found out that $400,000 in 1928 is equivalent to $7 million today. Wow, $7 million? Yeah, so yeah. they gave him $7 million to go explore Antarctica. <laughs> 
I mean, I would take it. Yeah, <laughs> let's I mean, do it. <laughs> and you know, it was for science, and it was also for America to get more on the map of like we are going to be the first to explore Antarctica. You know, yeah, they, we always like, want to be the first to the moon, first to this, first yeah. to that, da, 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 whatever. We want to have our stamp on it and our name on it before someone else gets out there. So, Bird's first Antarctica expedition. Um, it started in 1928, and it lasted until 1930. Um, it did go all the way, you know, to 1941, but that first uh, chunk was where he spent that money, uh, that $7 million. Um, he was based in what they called Little America Home Base. So, you know how, like, they make a home base and they name them, you know, they called it yeah. Little America just because like they want to be the first in yeah. America. Just like <laughs> New York was named after York. Like, everything on the East Coast was all named after England, like Plymouth <laughs> yeah. Rock because they left Plymouth, England. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. All those, everything is, yeah. So, not only did they name it Little America for the home base... But, you know, they got money from um, various, you know... Um, other organizations? Well, just other wealthy... Th- those are the two that I named. But um, there was another one, which you probably know the name, Rockefeller. Rockefeller. You already said Rockefeller. Oh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <sighs> um, I did say Rockefeller, but the, the what I wanted to say about that is how they named the Little America the home base... They also discovered a whole new um, mountain range, which they named the Rockefeller Mountains. Oh, there's Rockefeller Mountains in Antarctica right now. Right now. Oh, yeah. Cool. So they went around, and when they went around flying around um, exploring, they were mapping it out. They were naming things. It had not been done before. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. So they're going around. They're exploring as much as they can. In that 1928 to 1930 time period, they're just going around exploring seeing things that no one has seen before they're documenting things or they're um, mapping everything out they're rena- they're not renaming things but they're, they're just naming, naming things, things. <laughs> and then there was also a huge um landmass a huge territory that um had never been seen or discovered before and he actually named that after his wife and it's called uh, the marie bird land oh cute so there's a, a marie island. bird land in Antarctica, Aww. that is, after his wife. So I thought that was kind of cute That's to mention. Sweet. Because, you know, he can name whatever he wants. Yeah. he's the navigator and... It, he's, he's the one that's making it. And they gave the money, so of course he's going to throw Rockefeller out there for them. You know, give him a little props. They, they paid, so... She, she gets a little island, they get a whole mountain range. <laughs> well, I don't know if it was an island. It was just a territory that oh, they had I never it seen. Was it was just cool. um, unknown, ter- a huge territory. Um, so then what ended up happening is they ended up doing flights over the South Pole. And um, they didn't have any mishaps or anything. It was a 19-hour flight in 1929. So they did the North Pole for first, and then they did the no, South Pole? No, they did the South Pole first. Okay. So they started in the South Pole in, the 20, in 1929, and um, it was the first flight over the South Pole. No one had d- done that okay, before. Okay, but what about the North Pole? That is coming up okay. in a little bit later. So they did do the South Pole first. Um they continued their expedition and they did say that it was very 
treacherous and very hard because you have to think that they have bases and they're living in Antarctica during this time. And um, while they were mapping and claiming land around the pole, they had to endure temperatures of minus 58 degrees uh, and minus 76 degree Fahrenheit and sometimes much lower. And that at one point they got really, really sick and they were suffering frostbite, carbon monoxide poisoning, and um, it was very dangerous for them. It was not, it was not like an easy, like, oh, we're just going to go fly around and map this out. Like, they had to survive in Antarctica during this time. Yeah. So So I'm sure there was a lot of just sitting and waiting for storms or whatever They got really sick and um, almost weren't able to, like, complete their expedition. Um, And this is Fast forward into 1935 when everyone was getting really sick. And that's only, that's that's just the two of them. Could you imagine being stuck in this isolated, freezing place on the verge of death with just one other person well, for I, two freaking years? I think at this point they did have more team. Like, they did have more people that okay. had came eventually. But they were the ones that were actually going around and flying and mapping and exploring. The other um, people were more just like, you know, maybe... I don't know what their purpose or what their role was, but they weren't flying around and mapping it. Um, they had other roles. And then at, in 1941, at the request of the president at the time was Franklin D. Roosevelt... Um, Byrd took command of the U.S. Antarctic Service, and he led a third expedition to Antarctica. And this expedition was financed and sponsored by the U.S. government. So now he went from, you know, Ford and people to the the government. Now, it got the attention, basically, by the 40s, this got the attention of the president. Yeah. So, yeah, he did get the medals, and he was in the World War One, and he was decorated, but now it's, like, the president is saying, okay, yeah, this is something big. Like, we need to do this more. A really side note, really quick. Yeah. You are going to laugh. Maybe not. What? Um, so, I was, like, trying to, like, figure out what the other pole is called, you know, South Pole, North Pole, and I thought Antarctica was <laughs> the North Pole. <laughs> And it is not. It's in the South Pole. Oh. <laughs> or the Arctic is yes. in the North Pole. And so you've yeah. been... Every, every time they keep talking about the North or the Antarctica, I keep thinking of the North Pole. That's why I was like, wait, I thought you were at the North Pole. But no, you've been at the South Pole. We've been at the, the South Pole time. the whole time. Yeah. I thought, I always thought, now I, like, I had to bring up maps and everything. <laughs> I mean, it's not on a normal... Like, I mean, it is on a map, but you don't look at the top and the bottom. You're usually looking for, like... Locations where you want to go. No, <laughs> I, I feel so stupid. No, oh my God. I think it's because you remember that I said on May 9th, 1926, that he did his um, acting as a navigator with Ford Bennett. They were the part, like, them two together did the first airplane journey over the North Pole. Oh, okay. So they, he did do that in 19, on May 9th, 1926. But then we kind of switched gears to the South Pole because that's where all the money was funded for the South Pole. Like, all of this gotcha. exploration. Maybe that's what it is. That's I probably what it was. No, I think that's just who I am. Just <laughs> <laughs> I'm just an idiot in general. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my yeah, that's so funny. Okay. So now they got the attention of the president, and now they're going to be going on an, a, a U.S. government 
funded um, exploration. And um, during, this is during like World War II. Now we're getting into World War II, okay? Byrd actually served on the staff um, of the Chief Naval Operations during World War II. And he had a lot of duties, and one of them was evaluating the Pacific Islands as operational sites. And then, so he kind of had to step back from the exploration because of the war, and he had to, you know, he had his duties elsewhere. He was an admiral. He had to do what he had to do for World War II. Everyone did. Yeah. <laughs> so then after World War II, Byrd was then placed in charge of the Navy's Operation High Jump. So Operation High Jump was the fourth and greatest exploration. Um, that was the one that was funded by the U.S. government. Okay. That's when they got it back into that. They had to put a pause because of the war. That one involved 4,700 men, 13 ships, including an aircraft carri- carrier, and 25 planes. So they went from this small little operation to now this is government funded. Sky's the limit. I they didn't I, I didn't see a number of how much the government gave him, but yeah, you know how the government yeah the government probably just gave like, him here's a billion, million dollars billion yeah. dollars who knows we're probably still paying it off there. <laughs> probably <laughs> but the operation high jump um it's uh was a huge um. Feet. I mean, they they had mapped and photographed over a half a million square miles of the Arctic, and most of it, if not all of it, had never been seen before. Even he hadn't even seen it on his previous flights. Mm-hmm. And I didn't look how big Antarctica is as a continent. I, but, I was actually um, it's huge. That would be a good number to know because, I mean, they mapped. And it looks like they only mapped out, like, the bottom half quarter, the bottom, like, quarter. And then it looks like other people, like Russia and India and France and Japan and Australia, they and the UK, South Africa, Germany, Chile, Argentina, Poland, like, they have all have their own stuff in Antarctica, their own, like, little cities or spots, yeah, and like we good. named ours like Little America. They have their little yeah. There's sites. there's the Mary Birdland and Ross Ice Shelf and so Scott Base. Well, Scott Base is New Zealand, but then there's McMurdo U.S. Victoria Land. So, so you can kind of tell because then up here it's like Sene, that's South Africa, and then Dakshin Gangotri is India, and like so you can kind of tell like what's what. Mizuho is. Japan, I would imagine. Well, it says that, but I'm, I know I'm saying it all wrong. But well, I mean, I pretty much every, not every, but yeah, every part of the, almost every part of the world has their hand in our in Antarctica. Yeah, at this point. really. Um, and truthfully. it started with America being first to go out it's, there and map everything out. It's five point two seven five million square miles is Antarctica. Oh wow! Which is roughly the size of Russia. Russia's Russia's a million more. Wow! But it's the size of Russia. It's bigger almost? than United States. Yeah. Yep. And South America is about the same size as Russia and Antarctica. It's bigger than Australia. Not as big as Asia. Asia's 17 square miles. 17 million square miles. Almost 17. <laughs> <laughs> Not right. No, no, no. 
million. We're talking to millions. Yeah, we're talking millions. Yeah, no. Well, that helps us kind of put in perspective of like what they were really doing and how much they were really trying to accomplish. Yeah, that's huge. It was a lot. You can't just go out there for two years and be like, okay, got it all done. Like, obviously, that's why they had to go back a few times. Oh, they went, yeah. So this is the fourth time they went back. And um, this is where things get very, very interesting because many claim that the exploration, which, which, which was way more than mapping out Antarctica. Okay, so it's been thought that it was actually, in fact, uh, covert military operations um, alleged that there was secret underground Nazi bases. And you have to remember, this is after World War II. Mm -hmm. So uh, there was a lot of people that thought, well, that's where the Nazis had put underground bases and that it was much more than just mapping out the Ooh. actual continent. There's a big conspiracy that the Nazis not only had bases deep under the ice mountains, but they also had UFO technology in the form of mercury-powered flying disks, which were also discovered under the ice during those explorations. And that's why they kept going back. Because they're wow. like, what I've heard is this? I've actually heard of the Nazis having, like, alien and space and time traveling and stuff like that in other things. Not just Antarctica, because I've never even heard of any of this. Yeah. But just in general on other TV shows that I've seen on, like, the History Channel and stuff. Yeah. They have, where they, they believe that, that the Nazis were time traveling and shit. And then that's also said, that's why so many countries have their hand in it, because it's like a world thing. Like the the U.S., they can't tell us, like the general population, but they have to talk about it with other, you know, um, you know, presidents and delegates from other, other countries. countries. And they all that's why they all have a little bit of their hand in it because it's like it's for it's that would be like a not even a, a U.S. national security. That would be a world security. Yeah. Um, problem yeah, or like whatever you want to call it. Yeah, like, everyone would come together. Yeah. Um, there's more details as of in March 1947, the, uh, the expedition, that he flew, Bird, flew approximately seven, uh, 1,700 miles beyond the pole into the Earth. So not only were they flying over and they but they actually found an entrance like they're saying that the pole itself is like a portal and there's an opening mm-hmm. and that it's it's like a like a tunnel of some sort or like a portal and that he actually flew into the earth and that's where he saw um in his co-pilot saw lush green vegetation, forests, lakes, rever- rivers, up. mountains. There was sn- no snow, no ice. Um, and he actually saw a large animal, which he could only explain as possibly a mammoth. But because he wasn't, like, right up to it, that's the only thing he could say is maybe it was a mammoth. But he didn't know for sure. He just saw something that resembled what he would describe as a mammoth. And, I mean, they didn't go to this center of the Earth. Obviously, the center of the Earth is going to be much farther than... Millions uh, and millions of miles. It's going to be much farther than that, you know, because he only went 1,700 miles. But that's how far into where they already started to see this 
otherly world or whatever you want to call it this this subterranean lush I don't know oasis oasis yeah I don't don't know what would you even call it at that point the lost world which is yeah so that's like that is like in the movies and stuff like can you imagine like if like that is really there like how many animals are there is that where the dinosaurs went is did they all escape to antarctica how would they get there how did these animals get there is it just because it's been untouched by man and that's why they're able to survive and thrive well you have to think too you know the world's continents used to be all together yeah and that's the pangea effect right pangea they all migrated there somehow or not all of them but some did and then they they just somehow found this entrance and could survive there because it was more habitable i mean i don't don't know. know that's so crazy okay go on so then in january and remember this is all funded by the government so these are the notes that when he came back from his exploration this is what he's telling the government Mm -hmm. like well this is what he's he's you know making like it's almost like a captain's log you know when you they they're the out to sea and they have to do their log he had like his aviation log yeah and, like, this yeah, is what he like, saw yeah they're like diary of this and that yeah and so then in january 1956 he went again this time he went 2300 miles beyond the pole and then this is when things get very very interesting because he reported to the us government that not only did he see the land the way that was described, he actually met with living beings that were living on in this part of the world. So they wouldn't even be aliens or anything. I mean, aliens I know, come from the from so, aliens are from space. Yeah. This would be a creature down there, but is it human? What does it look like? What does it say? So what do they say? What was reported in his um, diary that was found um, that they landed and they were welcomed there. Um, And when they were welcomed there, they said, welcome to our domain. That this is their domain. In English? They were speaking in English. This is our domain. Welcome to our domain. And um, they actually said, these are quotes from his diary. So I'm going to read it exactly the way it's quoted. It says, this is coming from the bean. I bid you welcome to our domain, Admiral. And then he is seated along a long table, um, you know, and then the bean motions for him to sit down in a chair. And he goes on to say to Admiral Byrd, we have let you enter here because you are of a noble character and well known on the surface world admiral so they call us surface dwellers and we're the surface world how do they know what's going on in the surface because when we see a ufo in the sky reportedly and i'll get into it more but that's their technology it's not from space it's from our planet they're more advanced than us and they just happen to live under the surface so it's almost like they are they're it's like they're satellites almost like the the ufos are like them and they come and check up and 
you know, they, they worry about the planet because we affect the planet and they live on the planet. So they want the planet to survive and they want humanity to survive. But where did they come from? Well, we're going to get into that. Okay. So <laughs> he goes on to say that you are in the domain of the Ariane. I might be pronouncing that wrong, but it's A R I A N N I. Ariane. 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 When okay. I looked up, because I was like, how do you say that? So I did look up on Google. And it did say Airy on knee. Um, so he says, You are in the domain of the Ariani, the inner world of the earth. We shall not delay your mission, and you will be safely escorted back to the surface for a distance beyond. But now, Admiral, I should tell you why we have summoned you here. And then he goes on. I'm assuming he, it could be she, it could be they. I mean, I don't know the pronouns. I don't even know if they have pronouns. I don't know anything. I'm just saying he because I'm thinking um, of, like, this being is, like, the authoritarian or, like, the president or whatever. So I'm associating with male. Could have been female. Could be non-binary. I have no idea. Um, So just excuse the he because I don't know the pronoun. Um, It just says, our interest begins just after your race exploded the first atomic bomb in Japan. So you have to remember, we just had... Wait, World repeat War- that one more time. Okay. So... Our race. The reason why they summoned Admiral Byrd. So they're, they're meaning that, like, he was almost, like, subliminally, like, summoned to go there. Oh. Like, he, they, like, drawed him there. They drew him to go there. To they, go they, there. They so they the opened it for him. They allowed him. They summoned him. Yeah, okay, okay. And um, the reason being is because they took interest in the surface world, uh, more interest in the surface world, after the first atomic bomb had been... Wow. Because that affects them. If we're starting to do all these atomic bombs and nuke everybody, we're going to kill the Earth. They live in the Earth. They live inside of it. That's They don't want it (laughs) to. It affects them also. So they said that it was very alarming and that they sent their flying machines, we call UFOs, uh, to the surface to investigate what your race had done, like meaning the human race. Yeah. You know, had done. And that they had never um, wanted to interfere before. And they never wanted to let themselves be known to the surface dwellers. But at that point, they had to because it was a certain power that is not for man. Like, men should... Like, the human race, like, we should not have that power. That we don't know what to do with it. We're too yeah, careless too with much. it. Yeah. It's too much. And atomic energy is not something that we should even be playing around with. Um, They went on to say that um, they sent a message to the powers of our world. Um, All over the world, they sent some kind of message. They didn't say how they sent the message or what the message said. It just said that they have contacted, you know, all over the world, the highest in each country and that we have they did we have not complied with them 
and that now Admiral Byrd has been chosen uh, chosen to be a witness of what is actually happening and to let them know the world that their inner world exists and that their culture and science is many thousand years beyond why would their they race. want why would they want anyone to know because then we're going to go there and exploit them because that's what the human race does that's a very good point i do also think that i mean that is a really good point but they even said that their culture and science um their technology is thousands of years beyond our surface world human race um you know capability capability. so they're probably not afraid that we're going to try to come there and exploit them because they can just take us out if they wanted to (laughs) that's true so maybe that's what happens to people who go there and disappear to antarctica maybe they just take them out and they're like nope nope Nope. we don't want you here bye-bye you were never here (laughs) i don't know i mean Yeah, I think that just because their technology is so advanced, they're not really worried about that. But um, they went on to say that um, your race, meaning like the surface world human race, has reached a point of no return and that there are those among us who would like to destroy the world and would rather um, just with power. So basically they said that like, the human race, the surface world race, um, all we care about is power and control, and ultimately that's going to destroy our world. Um, Admiral Byrd pretty much just nodded and just really was like, okay, like taking this it is, all in, taking this is crazy. it all in. Could you imagine, like, just going down there and just being like, what the fuck? Yeah, I mean, there's a whole world down here. Wouldn't even like know if it was real or not. Like, is this really happening? Like, what? Like, what's happening? It'd be very surreal, I guess. Um, that he went on and actually said in in 1945 and afterward that they tried to contact the race, but the efforts were met with hostility. So the, the, so the underground, the Antarctica people try to come up to the surface people. Yes. And and it said our... Um, we were hostile. We were hostile, and we, they, we fired upon them. So they had their craft oh. in the air. They came out of the... I'm calling it a portal, but I don't know if it's a portal. They Just came out of, cave of the pole, pole. and um, they were fired upon, and... Um, yeah, so they're w- like, okay, they're firing on us, you know, so that's not going to be, they're not going to want to sit down and, and, you know, they're not trying to be civilized and sit down and communicate. So we just automatically fired at them. Yeah. Like, no questions asked. Like, who are you? What the hell do you want? Boom, boom, boom. Get out of here. Like, we don't care. Like, we're going to fire on you. Yeah. So we were very, uh, I guess, probably primitive in their eyes. For really sure. Stupid Could you imagine, like, <laughs> seeing, like, cave people and then them just, like, throwing rocks at us and shit? I'm sure it looked like that. <laughs> A caveman be like, <laughs> throw, throw, <laughs> bing, bing. <laughs> but this is when things got really eerie. And, you know, this is when... He actually told Admiral Byrd that there is a great storm gathering in your surface world. A black 
furry or fear not furry <laughs> fury <laughs> a black furry no a black fury that will not um spend sorry i meant to say it will not show itself for many years there will be no answer in your armies there will be no safety in your science and it will rage on until every flower of your culture is trampled and all human things are leveled to vast chaos. That's crazy. Um, but then what would happen to them? Or what, do they feel like they would be safe because they're below? Oh, yeah. They're, this is just a surface world. Like, basically, we're going to be screwed. They're going to be good because they're going to be like, you know how they say, like, you sh- that people like the elite and like different things, they have like bunkers. Yeah, and, like, I just bunkers. saw a guy's bunker um, he, the, online. They just posted. Or the doomsday preppers. Yeah. They just posted this huge ass bunker that this guy did like 20 stories below the earth. I just saw it on Weird History. Yeah. Weird History on the Facebook page. So they have, like, the the ultimate bunker. Yeah, they're like, right? Well, and they've already been there for thousands of years, probably, so they're yeah. already good. They're, 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 they're solid. Fine. Well, now we know where to go. Yeah, we need to go we to... We just need to go charter a, a jet or a plane, whatever, to get us that far to Antarctica and find the little hole and swoop in there before all <laughs> chaos comes down here. I mean, he went on to say that it happened once before and the Dark Ages came and they lasted for more than 500 years and the Dark Ages are going to be coming again now for our our current surface, you know, race and our time on Earth Um, and that some will live through the storm, but many will perish and most of our population will be gone, but there'll be a few that will be able yeah, to the survive. the fucking elite in their bunkers. <laughs> the doomsday preppers. Guys, yeah, we so gotta get ready. We all need we, bunkers. We need okay. bunkers that are like two miles <laughs> below the Earth's surface at least. Minimum two miles that and we need enough water and food to sustain life for how many years? 400 years it says. <laughs> well, he they went on to tell him Admiral Bird that after all this happens that they're going to come to the surface and they're going to claim the people that survived and it oh. says there's going to be a great distance and it's going to be a whole new world that's going to stir uh you know uh become you, of the ruins of our race do you think that they are the ones that repopulated the earth last time maybe after the maybe, dinosaurs yeah after the dinosaurs and yeah. they've been down there and then they're like okay cool so we need to try again well try again let's mm-hmm. see what happens maybe we're their science project that's a really good point like we definitely could so they, be they, they then put a bunch of people on earth like in various locations of earth with various small forms of tools and then mm-hmm. that would explain the pyramids well, and it, all that because it, you know they're like something else like it could it be aliens that helped us maybe well, they was, are they well they're well, not aliens because they're of this planet but we but are calling maybe it was them the whole time we're just calling them aliens and they were like fuck you guys really suck we really fucked up this <laughs> human race alright let's give them some help let's build these pyramids or some shit for them but you we know what to help them it's funny that you say that because you said the word again and he went on to say that when that time arrives we shall come forth again to help revive your culture and your this race. This is so spooky. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So you, ah. were, you were spot on. You oh, were my god. Exactly. He says to rebuild your race and uh, human race, the surface world race, to begin anew. I feel like we're getting our tinfoil hats ready. 
I know. And then he gave this message. This is the message that he was supposed to. He said, you are my son. He called Admiral Bird his son. So I was like, he God? Like, who is this really? And that, wow. You know how they say the whole biblical, like, when everything goes to shit, God's going to come and take the chosen ones back? Oh my God! Is he what the if it has nothing God? to do with being good or bad or whatever? Maybe you just have to have the the elite money and have the bunker down below. And we all need a bunker, okay? <laughs> we said in the beginning that we might end up with our own tinfoil hats. Who knows? <laughs> yes, and he says, "You are my son." Here we are, like four episodes deep, and I'm already like, "Oh my God!" We need tinfoil hats. We need a bunker. We need water. Water. Guys, we need lots, we should, lots of water. We should have merch that are tinfoil, like not tinfoil hats, <laughs> but like <laughs> aluminum hats. You can make them in your machine shop. <laughs> we, should, no, we should have this strainer, a strainer. <laughs> That's what it should be to be like in Back to the Future. Like, remember in Back to the Future, they put like this, it looks like a strainer with yeah, all the Yeah, 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 all the wires. We, all. we should have a picture of her, like hoodies or whatever. We should have a picture of us with little strainers on our heads being like (laughs) I really wish like that I knew what this bean looked like because I don't really describe them um well I mean I think I did see some other um we'll get into that in a second but I just want to say the closing thing that they wanted the closing thing (laughs) I just can't stop thinking about everything else so it says um you my son, are to return to the surface world with this message. With those closing words, our meeting seemed at an end. I stood for a moment as if in a dream, but yet I knew I was in reality. And for some strange reason, I bowed slightly, either out of respect or humility. I do not know of which. Or they made him bow. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so after all of this transpired, he went up. This was the end of the meeting. He f- was able to fly out back to his home base um, at the time. And, of course, he had his log, his diary, and was um, writing everything down. He went back to the U.S. government, and he reported everything to the government because they funded this, and they needed all of the and everything with the mapping and everything else, like everything that transpired. And then in 1955, after all of this, Byrd was made officer in charge of the United States Antarctic programs and became the senior authority for the government of all Antarctic matters. Wow. But he died in the 50s, right? So he actually passed away in 1957. So just two years later. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I don't know his cause of death. I'd have to look Could you that imagine up. being in the 1800s, 1888, what, um, when it's like they're just exploring, at that point when he was born, they were barely exploring the West out here, right? Like, they, like the, or they, there were people out here, but there were still people trying to go across the Oregon freaking trail. And he's over there doing Antarctica. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they, they didn't have a train system when he was born. So, no, I think they had trains by then. They oh, had, but not in 1888. No, they didn't have yeah, trains no. to California. They did not have some they... trains, but it would only go as far as, like, Texas. It didn't come all the way to California. And here yeah. he is, like, 
getting his own freaking plane out and being like, let's go to Antarctica, guys. Well, he he had his own plane out uh, by the 1926. Well, yeah. So I guess it was a little bit later, and they were they were probably all already here. The train was probably over <laughs> here by now. The Oregon Trail was long off by then. Well, no, because of um the TV show. <laughs> it's all like everything that I do references back to like a movie TV. That's how I travel the world. Okay. Um, no, but like on the the TV show. Um, 1883, and it's like the prequel to the show Yellowstone, and it shows how they got to um, Yellowstone and, and made all that. Yeah. Like, made the ranch Yellowstone and the yeah. fictitious Yellowstone ranch. Yeah. And um, they were crossing over, and they took a train to, like, Texas or so. Like, Fort Worth was, like, the last place that the train went to in 1883. So this was only five years later. I mean, how factual the TV shows. I, I'm pretty sure it's pretty factual. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. They have like, to. nowadays, I feel like they don't, like, make shit up anymore for those TV shows. They try to be as historically accurate as sure. possible. Yeah. But, like, because there was, like, some pretty gruesome stuff in that TV show. Anyways. Um, yeah, and Tim McGraw was in it, so. Yeah. I did enjoy that. Did uh, you watch program. that, 1883? Yeah, I did. I did. So, that's what I'm saying. Like, that was five years prior to him being born, and they, wow. they, they didn't have a train to California or to Oregon or anything. They were still using the fucking Oregon Trail. Yeah, they were. Yeah. yeah. Wow, a lot happened. Fast. I mean, I think that there, because there was, like, forts here and there, so there was already, like, some things, and once you got over here, I think there was things, but to get here, there wasn't a train. Yeah, it was a major, like, boom, I think, between, like, trains, planes, and automobiles. They all just... Boom. I think it really <laughs> boomed big time, too, with World War Two because they had to get everything... They had to ramp everything up for yeah. the war. Yeah, that, that, too. Yep. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, well, anyways, um, what else you got? Well, I was just gonna say, like, in conclusion, um, you know, that this is a... a a conspiracy um so we don't really know because this is all based on his diaries um that was found after his death um so there the conspiracy is to whether or not the plane actually made it in you know to the north pole and um people have been coming forward after his death saying that it was a hoax um the the diary was discovered in 1996. Oh, that's crazy. That's so much later. Yeah. Why would it be discovered so late? Was Did did he have, like, a family home or something, and they finally went through his attic and found his secret diary, or what? I, I don't know. I didn't look up more about, like, where the diary was found, but it did say it was found in 1996, and that, um, you know, this just shed more light on his famous explorations. That's but, 29 years later. Yeah, but... I know how to do the math. <laughs> using my fingers and shit. But there are, like, I didn't... I didn't No, source. that's 39 years later. You're better at math than I am, I believe. Yeah, yeah, 39 years later. I didn't source any of them because I didn't... I didn't watch them recently, but I know that I did initially find a long time ago, years ago, I found him on YouTube doing an interview when he was still alive, saying some of this stuff that YouTube was in was his... there then? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Say, like, videos of him... Yeah, from talking about it? In the 50s, prior, you know, before his death, that he was saying some of the things that were actually written... That matched with his diary so oh, like really? cooperated like yeah cooperated diary. the diary so i mean i don't know if people added that later just to make it look more authentic or if it was actually his diary i don't know i have no way of you know we don't know i yeah, can't I mean, authenticate his diary you know or anything but yeah so that's the antarctic middle earth um story <laughs> the, of the beings the aliens that live well, not aliens. They would be like another race, I guess. Yeah, underworld, surface 
dwellers. That's no, we're the, the surface dwellers. That is so interesting. I'm going to be thinking about that for a while. Like, just... And, and it, it almost seems like it's just all connected to, like, you know, why... It, it's, it seems like it would be plausible as far as why the pyramids did happen. Why they... Every... Like, it seems like they see aliens every so often, and then they disappear again for a while. And then they come back out, yeah. and then they disappear again. And, and, and when you look at history, because, like, I watch ancient aliens and all that, and when you're looking at it, yeah. it seems like... Like, definitely the pyramids, during that time, they had flying, like, objects on the cave walls or, oh, you know, yeah, a pyramid, yeah. the hieroglyphics or and all that. Or they had things that looked like a man with, like, a... With, it looked oh, the like space, like, the like hat. Buzz Lightyear, like, yeah, the... the yeah, helmet. the astronaut like helmet. helmet. Like yeah. Like, astronaut, like... And, and they might have put that on not knowing if the Earth was still, like, radioactive or whatever happens mm-hmm. after, you know, the atomic bomb, the... Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they the would radi- have to protect themselves. And yeah, they knew we so, were setting off. And probably down there, it would be very, like, clear. Clear. It might not, you know? Because there's only a little hole, so maybe it, it's very... Well, it's supposed to be... The oh, air is very pure, maybe, down there? Well, they, they said it was, like, forest. For, big forest. You know, forest but how is going to filter the air. But, but the forest trees, they need sunlight. Like, literally... I think there's, like, its own sun down there. Like, it's its there own... There cannot be its own no, sun. But it's, like, its own version. It's, like, its own world. It has everything Oh, it like needs. the pro... Like, the, um... The things that you... The... What are they called? The lamps? Yeah, like, like pot it's... In it, the closet, like... Yeah, it's they, probably you know, not, like... It's obviously not, like, like a sun... Thing. Like, like our not. sun in space. But they have their technology. They have their own artificial That's sun or so what. I don't know. Weird. I really have to do, like, a deep dive into... The this inner, is, like, the tip of it. This is, like, just how we learned about them now I need to like look them up and learn more about them, them. Like, yeah. but if he's I don't the know only, how much yeah he's the only sellers. person that probably there's any record of well he would have had a co-pilot but I didn't I couldn't find the name of the co-pilot that went with him oh into there because it's not one. a different it was a different mission the last yeah. co-pilot you mentioned so wowzers that's crazy. And this isn't even everything that was in his diary. This is just the parts that were, like, the interesting, you know, like... Yeah. Yeah, notable parts. Wow. Yeah. Well, that was fun. <laughs> um, that is, I think, our show for today. Yes? Okay. Yes, yes. Yes, so thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, please don't forget to like and share and subscribe, and uh, you can find us on Spotify, of course, where you're listening to us, Instagram, Facebook, and soon TikTok. If, yeah. I gotta figure that out. (laughs) We're still figuring that out. We're still figuring out the speakers or the microphone as well, so we'll figure things out. We're working on it. Okay, bye guys. Bye, thank you.